You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of Culture Camp with my man, Rob Bailey. Rob, thank you for being on here. Thanks, man. What's up? Dude, you own everything literally we're just talking about it i have a huge list here you are a let's call it a serial entrepreneur yeah um you have you have real estate you have supplement brands multiple supplement brands you got uh vertical union which we'll talk about in a little bit with ccv you're a pilot you're an artist you're everything man companies like you know damn dude I, I can't even imagine how you have the time i don't do, do it all well i just like doing everything well it looks like you do it pretty damn well i mean thanks man i mean I at least you. from you know from what i know about you and i feel like i know you decently well yeah, I mean, we know each other. yeah it looks like uh, you're doing a pretty damn good job so one thing i want to ask man so i i actually i don't know if you know this but i don't think i've ever told you but i actually used to watch like your youtube videos as a little kid back when you were in like pennsylvania as a little why you say little kid because you're old, old as shit how old are you? I'm 28. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> all right. All right. I am old. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say I'm a little kid. So my, my brother-in-law is a bodybuilder, really into bodybuilding of you know, my entire in life. your teens, you probably watch my videos. Yeah. yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I remember like back in Pennsylvania and like me and my brother-in-law like shooting videos back and forth of like, dude, they just had someone build Dana a freaking like workout machine. I don't know if you remember that. Like, oh, yeah. Video. Yeah. Like that's insane. Dude, I think back to like, we were so ahead of our time with all that stuff right? right um because the fitness industry has just now gotten cool and like right. back then like no one had private gyms right and like when i set up the private gym they're like wait so you have members and no one understood I'm like we're now we're gonna throw camps and we're gonna do all these things and then dude making equipment like i hired a full-time fabricator yeah. to make gym equipment and everyone's like I, are you selling it? And I was like, no, it's just for us. And they, no one understood. Right. And now it's like all that stuff seems like it makes sense. Yeah. Like I totally remember sense. watching a video of uh Dana needed like a trap machine and needed to hit it a certain yeah. way. And a dude built, I don't know if you remember that, yeah. but a dude built it that he, I remember him being like underneath the garage with all your Porsches and yeah. him building like fab, the fab shop. Yeah, down well, they there. weren't, uh, they weren't nine elevens back then. They were all Supras. Oh, were they? Yes. Yeah, so oh, you, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. cars. We, we were in the Supras yeah. uh, and you know, Dana had a, like a close to a 500 horsepower CRX, like I MR2s, do, yeah. all sorts of stupid shit like yeah, that. Yeah, but that's freaking, because I was, yeah. I'm back in the. Because I started a car shop. Why not start a car shop, right? So right. Because I wanted to build race cars. Right. No, no, like I remember uh, just watching YouTube videos, just being in like, man, this is crazy. And like Dana's sleeping mm -hmm. at the gym, basically. I like the facility. I remember like yeah. a YouTube video of you guys showing like, oh yeah, Dana sleeps over here. Yeah. It's like a little mattress on the floor. She we lived in the warehouse. Dude, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. That's dope. I didn't know you watched this. Yeah. No, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I never told you that. Cool. I don't want to be like a creep. Back but I'm when like, you're a little kid, bro. Yeah, back when I was like, you know, you're like, not a creep. <laughs> Listen, if I'm making YouTube videos and putting them out and then you're watching them, that yeah. doesn't make you a creep. Now, if you watch me and I, at like outside of YouTube videos, right? Like it through my windows. Yeah. That's that's the yeah Yeah. Creeping in, creeping in the window. No, I never did that, man. I just respect. Like it made me like huge, like want to get in the sport. You know, I've, I've always watched those videos, mm -hmm. watched them all the time. Me, like I said, me and my brother-in-law, like shooting them back and forth and talking yeah. about them. Texting. We added a lot of spice to the industry. Cause yeah. I got into the, in so I came from like, um, growing up like BMXing, Right. So I watched like props and all those videos and all the skate videos. And then when I sort of got into fitness, I was like, this industry is stupid, right? Like they're not doing anything. It's just, so you eat and you lift weights, which is dope. You get jacked but they're not doing anything. Right. So then we started trying to make some money and all of a sudden we made like a, the, the second we started making money, we were like, let's just start doing cool stuff. It's like buying RVs and going on tour and doing all yeah. these different things. Yeah, like, you showed me that when you guys had a, had a motor home and was going around, mobbing around. What made you get in the, in it? Like what made you want? So there's a difference between like getting in the fitness industry, quote unquote, of yeah. like, you know, hey, I want to get, you know, maybe be a competitor, but I just kind of want to, you know, have a day job. You, you've created an enterprise with the fitness industry. Yeah. Like you, you've exploded. What made you want to just want more inside of the fitness industry? So, I, I mean, I never thought I could make money, right? Because my parents didn't make money. So I, I looked at my parents, I think collectively, my mom was like a full-time nurse, my dad worked, and I think they made collectively like 100 grand a year. So I thought that was what you would, what you make, right? right? That's what you top out at. That's like when you're grown up, you make 100 grand. And I was like excited to make 100 grand one year, one day. And 
as I was getting to fitness, I was also around like people that were doing weird stuff. So like, um, M night, M night's private chef, right? I was around him and like, I didn't really understand. And I was like, so you're like this superstar private chef that just makes really fancy grilled cheese from Mark Wahlberg at, at lunchtime right? on like Wednesdays. And he's like, yeah. So, and like, so I started, I, I started meeting people that were doing a traditional thing, which was like essentially cooking in a kitchen. And then his spin on it was completely different. Right. Right. And I started meeting people that were like breaking down the mold of how you traditionally do things. And I was like, wait, can you make money doing anything? And when we got into fitness, the goal wasn't to make money, right? The goal was Dana wanted to be on magazine covers. She wanted to own her own gym and be on magazine covers. And when she started competing, uh, no one paid attention to her. They were like, she, her muscles, there's too many muscles. We don't like her hair. Like, bah, get out of here. Right. And uh, I started uploading on YouTube. And that's sort of where I sort of started to see like, okay, I'm uploading on YouTube. YouTube's paying me. You know, we were making like five grand a month on YouTube, which back then was like fucking that's crazy. A lot of money. Right. Um, so we're making money on YouTube. We're getting it. We're getting attention off YouTube, which then started like slowly, tr- uh, like moving Dana's personal training industry or, or, or business. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh wait, like I, I started to correlate the eyes with how to leverage. And then it was like, Oh cool. So all these things I've ever wanted to do creatively, like I can start doing them right and making money. And like, I remember that clicking. And then just fucking full steam ahead, man. Dude, why do you think you've been able to to go full steam ahead? Like what, what, I guess, what prepared you for that moment? My dad, my 100th member, my dad. So like, I don't give, if you guys hear me talk, I don't give my dad much credit, right? Because um, my relationship was really weird, right? And, I, and I've come to realize recently that my dad and I are the same person. So dude, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm frustrated. I'm a hard fucking worker. I have a chip on my shoulder. Like I have a bunch of qualities like that. I have a, I also have a bunch of really bad qualities, um, that like I'm trying to iron out, <laughs> but like, that's, that's the beauty of like being able to look at the generation before you. Right. So I can look at my dad and like, I have the luxury of being like, cool, here's his bad qualities. I'm going to make sure that I don't carry those with me. Here's his good qualities. I'm going to enhance those. And here's his qualities that are misunderstood. And I'm going to take those ones and like fix them a little bit and then enhance them. Right. So it's like, you can look back on the generation before you and criticize all fucking day, but like realizing that he gave me a blueprint to go off of is dope. So dude, my dad, I think, I think looking back now, I think he was frustrated, right? So my dad was like the superstar coming out of his, uh, out of his small town. Right. Right. Um, you guys in, in Pennsylvania? Yeah, in Pennsylvania. So he lived in Levittown. So the Le- Levittown was the first, um, it was like the first big box store developments. So the guy's name was Levitt and he, he figured out how to make these like really small shitty houses, but mass produced the same house over and over and over. So it's right. like, it's the first time that development's ever been done. Wow. And uh, so they call it Levittown. He's the dude who invented it. And so they grew up there, but my dad was like all-star football player went on a full ride to wake forest. Wow. Right. So like That's monster huge. coming out of his small hometown and then right away blew out his fucking knee. Wow. Dang. So like I can imagine like you're the fucking man with everything ahead of you, your knee gets blown out and then you sort of just like wrap out college and go work for a railroad laying down railroad ties and worked his fucking ass off to get to the top of, of Amtrak. And like looking back now, I'm like, dude, if that was me, like knowing I was always meant for something more, like I'm, I'm smarter than this, like fuck. And then just sort of like never really being able to get ahead. Cause you don't really fit in corporate America, but he right. didn't have, he didn't have the, not that he didn't have the balls, but like, I don't think he never seen anyone go out on their own. Right. Like we didn't right. know any entrepreneurs. And I think he took some frustration out on me by like not letting me hang out with friends and like the, the, the over criticism that he hit me with. And like, when, if he knew my friends were doing something fun that day, he would wake me up at 4 a.m. and we would go cut cut down trees and cut firewood all fucking day. Wow. And my friends would be like out ripping. And he was just like, no. And dude, used to fucking work me into the ground. And I think that like I hated him forever for that, right? For multiple reasons. But looking back now, it's like, dude, that dude instilled a work ethic in me that when other entrepreneurs that are the hardest workers in the fucking room get around me, they're like, bro, how do you keep this pace? I'm right. like, my dad started at fucking six years old and just made me fucking work. Right. You know? And then I think that like my mom encouraged creativity. And at some point in time I learned risk taking 
you know? So, so I realized that like, cool, I can work really hard. I'm creative. I can take risks. And as soon as I realized I can take risks, like I just started fucking doing it and not everything I do works. Right. right. Which that's not of how course. life works. Of course. I mean, you know, yeah. you have some you people mean, don't know that. Right. Though. Yeah. You I mean, you have to kind of fail your way to success. As yeah. they say, like you, yeah. there, you got to go through things. So you said something just a minute ago that I, I want to touch on is you, you said that you always felt like you wanted more, like there was more always. out there for you. Always. Was that since you were a childhood, like you know, or in your childhood or was that something so that you kind of grew so, into? And that's another part of my childhood looking back now. Right. So like, um, whew. uh, so my, my, my family went through some turmoil, right. Um, when I was real, real young and I recently realized it, but my mom, so my mom, and my dad didn't get along too well for a, a, a long period. And then they got back together, which never happens. Right. Right. So like, I think some of the things that were instilled in me, like they, they had like a falling out for like six or seven years. And now they're like back together and still together 50 fucking years later. Wow. Which this like was, this, this six or seven years when you were a child. Yeah, and I was like six or seven okay. when it started, which is, I mean, that's a key time. In that's life. a key fucking because time. you know what's going on. Like yeah. at six, seven, you know exactly yeah. what's going on. And I think one of the things that happened and I'm, and once again, I'm trying to, I'm going to, I'm in a point in time in my life where I'm trying to understand why I am who I am. Right. Cause I really like myself. Like I'm really like what's going on and I feel really powerful but I want to know why I do things. I don't want to just be like, I want to do this or I have a chip on my shoulder about this. Like if I, if I understand why I feel like I'll just be so much better with it. Right. Right. The, the, the worst thing I could ever do is just run through life, especially cause I built such a universe. Right. So I think successful people, what they do is like, I have so many employees, my brother's wife, my brother's kids, like my parents, like the decisions I make, like randomly saying, I want to move to Montana. Yeah. That changed lives, dude. Right. 17 fucking tractor trailers, tons of employees. Employees are now having kids in Montana. Like I chain like across the country. Yeah, of course of a right? huge, I mean, that's a lot. And like, I started realizing like, so if I built this universe and I'm at the head of it, I need to understand why I'm doing things. Because if I'm just like following my heart and it's for the wrong fucking reason, or because I have a chip on my shoulder or some unresolved trauma from when I was a kid, like right. that's not fair to these people that I'm changing their lives. Right. So excuse me. So I started like trying to figure out why, like, why do I always want more? Why can't I stop? So I think around when I was six or seven, my mom going through the turmoil with my dad, instead of like turning to a friend or anything, she turned to me. Right. Wow. Yeah. And she, I think she put me in a really weird position. Um, where like, I was just the man of the house at like six and I don't think she was thinking. She was just like, no, let me vent to this kid and like always put everything on this kid. Right. And like, no big deal, right? Like, fine. But I think that I, I have a characteristic that like I want to take care of my people. So like the more abundance I create now, the more I'm able to take care of people, which is why when I bring employees in, like I buy them cars and I, I like I put them in houses and I feel like it's all my responsibility to like make sure that they're, they're OK. It always right. backfires. You know, it always backfires when I give them like a really cheap apartment and a, and a car next thing you know, like the car is a giant dent in it and the fucking apartments ruined. And I'm like, Hey man, like I'm helping you out with this stuff and you're just right. ruining it. Right. Um, but I figured out that like me feeling like I have to provide and have to take care of everyone around me. I think it comes from there. And then, um, I'm also really creative, man. I, gr I grew up in the woods. I grew up with no friends. Um, I didn't grow up with much money and I had to be really creative. So it was like stealing wood from build sites to build tree forts, right? It right. was having to draw because I had no other resources. I didn't have video games or anything like that. It was, it was not having enough money for clothes. So I had to sew my own clothes. So like if I wanted Jinkos or parachute pants or anything cool, like I had to make it really. Yeah. So that's how I got into fashion designing. So like I went into middle school, not having cool clothes and be like, well, I can make my own clothes or I can take clothes and sew other clothes together and make them look cool. And all of a sudden I was like fitting in and people liked it. And then going into high school, like I started to get attention, right? Wow. Cause like I was entering fashion shows and winning fashion shows and really? then I would go out and I was the fastest kid on the football team. And I, I like, I liked the attention, right? Cause my dad would, was always so hard on me. 
and no positive reinforcement. It was always like, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. So like I could go out and sew and win a fashion show and like all the girls were like, oh my God, you're so fucking cool. And I would go out (laughs) and fucking rock people on the football field. And it was like, dude, you're the fucking man. And I would go home, my dad'd be like, hey man, why'd you miss this ball? Why'd you do this? And then uh, sewing is for queers. Like dope, you know what I mean? Oh man. So like. I just always driving to prove myself. And then I think that like, once I started to drive to prove myself, it made me, it made me sort of get really interested in skills. And then once I realized around like 26 that you can do anything, I just started doing everything. So if I see something I'm interested in, like my big kick right now is sawmills. Like, right. like I want to get a sawmill. Yeah, I saw you so I'm like, about that the other day. Yeah, so I'm buying a fucking sawmill. I'm gonna start milling my own lumber. Do I have time to do that? No. But like, oh, I'm just really into it right now. Right. And I and so I get into these really weird things and then I just run with them, dude. I mean, that I mean, that's how a lot. I mean, that's your, the creative part. Like yeah. I always talk about when you're in creative mode like that, like especially if you're a creator, just stay in your creative mode. I mean, it's because any it, crazy things, anything can happen yeah. and you kind of have to go down a bunch of different paths and figure out what works and you know like what i mean right here's your your bio a lot of things have worked which yeah. you but you have to keep going down those paths some mm-hmm. people just try to go one path and they try to keep pushing like which is also fine right, right. and you become the expert at one path right? right and i think i'm just like i've been trying to figure out who like because everyone's like oh what do you do and i normally just tell them like i'm a graphic designer because i don't want to explain what i do because it sounds like i'm lying um and recently i figured out and it was when I went, I just started a new band called Land and Ammo. We make uh, American folk music where I yell. So it's almost like if uh, Dropkick Murphys did American folk music, right? right. No, which um, is sick. I mean, if, yeah, you, if you're listening to this, check it out. It's called it's Land an, and Ammo. It's a new spin. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. It's, it's a really, really fun. It's just me, another guy, and a guitar. And he, dude, he is so talented, so fucking talented. And I showed up and I was like, People are like, oh, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to the studio. And I sound like, I feel like I'm being like trying to brag that I'm going to the studio or whatever. And they're like, are you in a band? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not really talented. I just yell in the background. And to figure out my role going into places, I've now decided like, oh, I'm a designer. So when I show up, I'm not an artist in the studio. I'm a fucking designer. So like I can explain to them what the music should sound like, you know, like, Right. Um, I'll say, like, hey, this verse, it's like you're telling a fucking secret. Like, we need you to pull back. We need to drop this down. So I'm essentially producing, but I look at it now as whatever I step into, I'm designing that. Whether it's fashion design, um, cosmetic design, fucking interior design, whatever. It's right. I'm a designer in this in this situation. That's incredible, man. I I love your story because there's so many people that I know that have you know hard stories, hard childhood things happen to them, and they use every excuse of why they can't be successful. Yeah. And, you know, you can take almost, we, I talk about it a lot on the show is you can take people with the same exact story, yeah. the exact same things happen to them and one successful one's not, and one use it as fuel and one use it as an excuse. And you just, I also you, looking back, like I'm not the dude that's like, oh, my childhood was so hard. Right. Like when I hear people saying that, like half the time they're saying stuff, I'm like, yeah, that happened to me too. Why are we? It wasn't right. everyone's childhood like but that. It's, like, it's a fuck, mindset man. thing. Yeah, because yeah. Some, like you, you have a strong mindset. I know you do. Cause you know, like you, you, you really do. And some people are just weak. Some people are just, oh, like, you yeah. know, I couldn't have any friends, so I'm a recluse. So I'm going to be, you know, a, a Jeffrey Dahmer of the world. Like, oh, my just, God. Yeah. We went straight to Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> we went straight to Holy Jeffrey. shit. I, I, I just watched his, uh, his uh, like, documentary thing on Netflix. It's wild. But, yeah. like, pe- people, I mean, people can use that as an excuse. Like, oh, I have no friends. Dad doesn't let me do this. Dad, dad, yeah, dad, dad. Yeah. And the, if you watch the Netflix show on Jeffrey Dahmer, he, they kind of, kind of blame it a lot on his parents. People can use that yeah. as an excuse. Or people can use that yeah. as, well, everybody has their own choice and people don't realize that they have, they control their Mm -hmm. own destiny. It's all up to them. They just have to make a decision. Accountability, man. And I think that's something that my dad put on me really early was accountability and it was in there with the hard work. And I think like I carried chips for a really long time, but I think in my quest of new skills, my one new skill that like I'm really leaning into more than anything is like figuring out like what is actually accountability, right? And if and if I have full accountability, like I need to go back and figure out like all these different things throughout my life and how they shaped me, right? right. And uh, I think a lot of people forget forget to figure themselves out. Like you think you're just, oh, I'm great the way I am and this is the reason and this is the reason it is. And like you can change anything, man. Right. You can literally change anything. I think that like even me looking at my dad, right. And figuring out what skill sets he has, I want to keep and what like are alcoholic skills or what are alcoholic traits, you know, like, uh, like, and I'm just picking and choosing what I want to keep. 
So I call that my brand book, right? So like, right. I mean, you know, in businesses, so you know, like when there's a logo, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's how you can use the logo. Don't throw an outline on it. Don't change the colors. Never put a gradient on it. Uh, make sure there's this certain padding around it. Like, so there's all these different rules and you can just make whatever rules you want for the logo. You can right. say, oh, hey, our colors are, are blue and green. And then we use this tan. And then this is the text we use and all that. And you can like pick out and build a brand. And I'm a firm believer you can do that with yourself, right? Right. Like if you know I have a temper, it's just like, well, then just acknowledge the fact that you're going to take the temper out of your brand book. You need a, a new skill to how to breathe, how to control yourself when you're about to be an asshole and just say, hey, I don't want to temper anymore. And then fucking fix it. Right. Just like you can say, I want to be a better public speaker. I want to be better at reading or I want to be fucking leaner or whatever. Like you can change physical things. You can change mental things. You can change any trait you want. So that's the big quest that I'm on is like looking like what are my bad traits or like the fact that I'm not a good manager. That's what's holding me back right now. Like I can't build systems. I'm not a good fucking manager. And we talked about this last yeah. night. Yeah. And what I can do is I can sit around forever and say like, cause I'm, I'm realizing that I can build $10 million companies all fucking day. Right. Very easy. Past 10 million. Nope. Can't fucking do it, man. I can't fucking do it. I really, so instead of making $100 million company, I'll be like, here's 10, $10 million companies. Right. (laughs) And like, I'm starting to realize that that's not okay because I'm undercutting everyone in every single company because we can't grow past that because I'm the limiting factor. So I'm realizing now is like, cool. You need to redefine your relationship with how to build structure. Right. And you're, you can be creative all you want, but if you don't get somebody that can build out structure, Everyone in your universe caps out here. Right. And that's not fucking. Yeah. Okay. We kind of talked about that last night. Like a, I, I call it like a system based business yeah. versus superstar based business. Yep. If everything is based off of you, which like you're the brand a of multiple, of a lot of it is, yeah. you can only go so far. And like it, you know, it sounds like that might be 10 million bucks. So if, you know, if creating that system to get there to duplicate you where you can get someone to run thing, I mean, it's, it's all about a process and teams and doing yeah. stuff like that. But one thing that I like is that you're very self-aware. Most people are not very yeah. self-aware and take that accountability. Okay. Be, this man. is on, you have to be this is on me. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's huge. Well, self-awareness. Like, I mean, we were having a conversation about, uh, some of the people we know and just how un self-aware they are. And right. it's like, that's the fucking worst man. Right. And I think once again, that goes back to my dad. Like my dad was like, everything the way that i walked throughout the house like my brother and i make so many jokes about like like when i pee in the toilet i like where do you pee in the water you just pee right like you don't fucking think about it i think like about a, it because my dad always get pissed at us if we splash or make okay. noise or what like uh-huh. that's different thing, so yeah. same thing dude i like make sure i hit the rim so it makes the least amount of noise possible yep. and then i always wipe down yep, and me close. too yeah, yeah, yeah and like I hear Even some public people, bathrooms, I'm still uh-huh, wiping it down. And, uh-huh. Yeah. And I, so I hear other people that now, like when you walk through your house, how do you walk through your house? Try to do quiet. Mostly uh-huh. on the carpet. You do on your, on the carpet and you do yeah. on the fucking balls of your feet. Yeah. Like, so you, you and I are fucking similar, yeah. right? Yeah. Like all those little things all added up to like, I overanalyze everything. Like if I'm in a room, I see how someone's looking. I see what they're lo- like. I'm paying attention to so many little details that it almost drives me crazy. Cause my dad was like, he would get home from work and he was so annoyed that he's like, you walk quiet or this is how you close a, a door. You know, like yeah, you don't just open a door and walk in, you open a door and it's on a slider, you hold it and you slowly close it until you make sure it's closed behind yeah. you. So there's like all these little fucking things that no one else was taught. Right. Right. And it, it gave me the base of being a fucking lunatic, but also made me really self-aware of everything. Right. And what I did was I, I grew on all those details. I like, I took how you walk and, and how you don't drag your fucking heels and how all these different things you do and how you stand up straight. Or if you're walking through an airport, like, I mean, same thing when you're on an airplane, right. And you're on the outside mm-hmm. guarantee everyone hits you with their fucking bag Yep. and little people. These are 120 pound fucking people with a bag and they bump right into you. Right. And you're like, Jesus, like what's wrong with you, man? Right. I'm fucking six, three, two eighty with a giant bag. I've never bumped into anyone on it. Dude, that's ever. Th- dude, we're the, like our, like yeah. our, we're the exact yep. same. Like, <laughs> no. hey, you don't lean your seat back. You're like, yep. I'm so aware of everybody else mm-hmm. but me. Like, Hey, like you yep. don't, you're not allowed in a restaurant. You're you trying not on to your make, phone yep. in a restaurant. You're not talking loud with the person next to you on the, like, you know, there's so many things that I'm like, I was taught like, Hey, it bugs other people. Cause me and Mikel have these debates mm-hmm. all the time. Like, Hey, like our da- you know, our daughter, Remy, she's being loud. Like, no, she's not. Well, other people are looking. Other people mm-hmm. are like, Hey, look like, she's like, no, they're not. I'm like, yes, they are. Because that's what we were told is, Hey, don't be loud yep. in a restaurant. You can't, yeah. you know, you, you ask permission to speak like all these different things. So and like, I not, you know, 
I love my dad and like I appreciate yeah. him, but I'm yeah. so aware so of I think everything the, going on. So the great on. part about that, right? Because I looked at that for a while and that's how I'm always just trying to evolve in life. So I looked at that for a while as like, fuck man, like you fucked me up. Like no one else cares how they walk and no one else cares about this or cares about that. Like they're all out there getting face tattoos and they don't, you know, they do whatever the fuck they want. They're loud. They're fucking, right. you know, whatever. Like I operate, you know, Keaton's my best friend. Right. And sometimes the way he operates and speaks to people, like I start to fucking sweat instantly. Cause I'm like, this isn't how you're allowed. Like you, but like right. I'm starting to learn why he does the things he does. Right. And so I took that for a long time and I just took it at face value of like, I can't walk up the stairs loud. This is how I pee in the toilet. Like all these different things. What silly things to fucking be it's concerned stupid. about. It's so stupid. But I evolved past that, right? Right. And I realized, okay, cool. If I if I pay so much attention to these things, let's pay attention to when I get an attitude. Let's pay attention to what sets me off. Let's pay attention to dude my peaks and valleys, right? So if I have this universe that has all these people in it that I've created, I have a fucking responsibility to have my shit together. Right. So coming off this weekend, right? We just held an, an event called Vertical Union, right? So Vertical huge Union, event. Huge, event. huge event. We had fucking all the top speakers in Keaton's living room with 30 people in the world in the world, bro. The people at this mastermind event, I remember at the end of the night thinking to myself, I wonder if they got their money's worth. And then I realized I was in a conversation with Andy Frisella at a dining room table and there's eight people around us oh, for an hour. Yeah, they got value. <laughs> These people got their yeah. value. So the weekend was absolutely amazing. I'm in the studio all next week creating, right? So I need to be really self-aware that like I'm on a high right now. Next week, I'm on a, a creative high. When right. I come back that following Tuesday and I get to Montana and I walk in that office, I'm not going to be okay. Right. Not going to be okay because I'm coming back to like a real work scenario and I'm going to come off this creative high, not because there's something wrong, but I'm, I'm too up right now. So I need to be aware of my mood. And when I start to come down, I need to make sure I get that under control. I have to do breath work. I have to do all these different things so that I don't fuck my universe up. Right. Right. And now we can go back to like, how do you pee in the toilet not to make noise, to be really self-aware of your impact on everyone around you, what they hear, how they, the next person gets the toilet, how you hold the door for someone, how you don't bump someone with their bag. And I'm taking that self-awareness and I'm taking it to the next level of like, what are my specific moods? What does my creative side do to me? How does that affect everyone? And how right. can I try to fix these things? Right. Right. Dude, that's incredible that you're looking that far forward. Trying, man. I have to, right? Right. Like it's, it's my fucking duty. I can't create this universe with like so many employees, so many employees, kids, so many people online that are inspired. And it's not the biggest universe ever, but it's like, Dude, you get one person in your universe and it fucking matters, right? Because right? you're, you're, you're affecting their life. It fucking matters. Yeah. You've, you have a kid. It fucking matters. I don't have kids, but I'm fully aware that like these people's futures within my company, they have kids. That's a responsibility. So I right. can't go out and be a fucking maniac. So like I have a responsibility to keep evolving and understanding and trying to get my universe as good as possible. Because yeah. right now I'm not good. Right. You know, I'm okay. So right. like if I can keep working towards good, I have to. Yeah. And like, you gotta, like, it's your duty to show up for on Tuesday. You can say you're coming back Tuesday yeah. for your team in Montana. Yeah. Cause they're expecting you to come back a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they're, that's, that's question. The yeah. They have all sorts of stuff. I'm sure a yeah. lot of stuff happens. You got a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm they, you know, they're going to have a whole, it's going to be a full day of, Hey, this and that. And Hey, we had this shipment, not ship out of this yep. person. This happened, that happened, just solving problems. And you have to be, dude, I love that. Like you have to be so self-aware that yeah. okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to be ready for Tuesday. I can't just show up like an asshole and lose my mind. Yeah. I love that. There's, that's no. so powerful for people to understand. of say, Hey, like, and even coming back from vacations, I'm going to be on this crazy high of a vacation, yep. you know, and I maybe get back on a Sunday and I work on Monday, Monday and all these things. And I'm just gonna be like, you know, screw it. I don't want to be, yeah. don't want to be here today to be so self aware. That's okay. I'm going to be ready. Yeah. So what are some of like advice to get ready for that day? So I have to take notes. I have to take notes. My brain is t way too scattered, right? Way, way too scattered. So even my notes are way scattered. Like I have three different notes from this weekend of like, this is what we need to have. We need to have any and uh, same thing. I have to schedule things out. And then I also have to allow myself time. Um, that's something on the come up that work ethic that was like, just work through it and shut the fuck up. Right. I've now realized that like, I can't do that. Right. Like I, I might need half an hour and like, I, I know what I need to do the half an hour or like, um, sometimes I need to melt my brain sometimes. I, and I, I, I've now how I melt my brain is looking at real estate. So like 
to calm myself down. I get on, I get on Zillow and I look through all the most recent deals. So I'm like, like, I'm not like hard analyzing deals, right. but I'm also not on a platform that's like emotionally pulling at me or trying to manipulate me. Right. right? So it's still that scrolling platform, but I'm looking at fucking duplexes, right? Like it's much better for right? sure. Yeah. And looking at people trying to tell me that I'm fat or I'm too skinny or I'm an asshole or they've more Lambos or like whatever. Right. Right. So I, I just do the real estate thing and that helps like melt my brain and calm me down. Um, a lot of note taking. Um, I hired, I like, I finally hired like a spiritual coach. Okay. Um, which if you would have told me three years ago, I'd been like, that's silly. But like now right. I have a spiritual coach. Like I meet with him once a week. I talk through stuff. He helps guide me. He asks me the right questions. Um, I have to do all those things. That's awesome. Right? And I'm still adding things to the list. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause you're always evolving, always getting yeah. better. It's like a, it's like doctors in a practice, right? You're always, yep. always getting better. So one thing I, I want to go, go back to like, this has been awesome man. it's been been epic Thanks, man. um is you've been able to enterprise the fitness industry and create a clothing company that is world renowned i mean yeah. i mean i see it everywhere i mean i'm wearing pants right now oh, same yeah. actually you're We're wearing the exact same bro. pants as yeah. i am right now um that was not planned by the way i wore my purple shirt and my purple shoes and like what's gonna match my my fit oh and you're like, yeah, let me yeah. Get these and um but you've been able to and, and it's it's a it's a staple brand and the thing that i like about your brand and yeah. you know no offense to anybody else out there that it's it's clothes that i can wear in the gym yeah it's clothes that i can wear surfing you know behind a boat with board yeah. shorts i golf you had a little golf thing yeah and uh and i can wear them casually and i'm going to dinner this is my dinner outfit for tonight sunday Hell dinner yeah, for dude. the fam so Hell yeah like it's so versatile and how, how were you able because there's so many people to get in this space yeah there's so many clothing brands there's so many people that get into quote-unquote fitness and they throw a a logo on a shirt and they start printing them how were you able to create this like empire of flag nor fail and i also want to know now there's a lot of people out there that don't really know what flag nor fail means like where did that yeah. where did that come from yeah so um when i originally started the brand i wanted i didn't want it to be a fitness brand right so i grew up um I grew up, same thing, I guess the X game sports, but I'm old enough that the X games didn't exist yet. <laughs> so like I grew up watching all those sports come up, right? And I played in all those sports, um, you know, BMX to all this road street, did all those things. And when I started a clothing brand, like I was really into graffiti. Um, I was really just being an artist, all these different things, the actual creation process. And Dana was in the fitness industry and we were, re we were both really in the fitness industry. So when we launched the brand, the whole thing was like, I, this is not a fitness brand, right? Like, so dude, I, I, we just made stringers for the first time and it took us 12 years. Really? That's interesting. I don't it think took, people realize it took that me six years to make shaker cups. Really? Everyone wanted shaker cups and I knew they would sell like crazy, but I was like, yo, we're not a fitness brand. Like we're a, just a fucking brand. And right. they're like, well, what are you? I was like, we're, we're like an athletic streetwear brand. And they're like, so, why don't you make shaker cups? And I was like, because dude, go get shaker cups from somebody else. Right. Go get weight belts from somebody else. Like I'm not doing this. So for the first six years, we didn't do anything like that. Right. Wow. And then even a lot of my meaning, um, even a lot of my meaning, like in the apparel, people just didn't understand. Right. They, right. they just, they took it for, for whatever. But the meaning of flag nor fail was no surrender, no failure. And I think that Dane and I were in a very interesting position. I was in, I think maybe more me, um, she doesn't have all the same traits that I have, like all the crazy traits. But I was just like, I feel like there's more to fucking life and I'm gonna go get it. Right. And I felt like everything I tried, I was failing. Everything I tried, I was failing. And it was just that, that same, that hardcore music growing up about persevering or spit my last breath or like all those hate breed lyrics from back in the day. And I was like, I want like a really intense name that like is like, no matter what, I'm not giving up, no failure, no surrender, like we're fucking going. So came up with Flagner fail, like no waving the white flag, no failure. Right. Um, and implying that we're just, we're moving forward at all costs. Right. Right. I think that's what life is for and sure. I think that's something people lose track of now is like, dude, yes, it's hard. Of course. The easiest thing to is. do is stay in your house and bitch about stuff that you don't have control, like to get attention that way. Right. right. It's really, really hard to like take risks. Like this right. weekend, it was really hard and it, and it wasn't hard this weekend, but maintaining relationships that we leveraged for this weekend and like Keaton building his house for the last year. Of, of course it was easy to party in his house this weekend. Right. You know, it was really hard the last year of trying to build that house. For sure. So like dreams are really hard doing things that are really special. A, a fucking normal life is hard. Right? Yeah. 
And I essentially wanted to make a mantra brand that was like, that's what we're going out to do. And, and, and we're there, we're here with you. We're here to get better and it's going to be fucking hard, but we're not going to give up. So that's the brand that we moved forward with. And being that I was a fashion designer when I was younger, I wanted to go to fashion design school, but I was told that that's not a real profession uh, by my parents. They were like, you can't, there's no such thing as an artist. There's no such thing as a, cause they didn't know any, right? Right. Um, and now, you know, I retired them and, and I bought their house and it's crazy. Now they fucking get it. Right. But it took, it took me, I had to prove myself. Right. Right. And, um, <laughs> they, uh, coming up as fashion designer, like I understood cut and sew cause I was making hoodies. I was making pants. I was making bags, all that stuff. So then when I started the apparel design, um, I could only express myself through screen printing, right? So that was as much as I could do because on a large scale, I couldn't sew things. Right. Started sewing labels and doing limited releases and things like that. Um, but then as soon as I made enough money, we went to cut and sew. And the second we went to cut and sew, and I was like, yeah, I'm making everything. Like I'm not, I want, I want, I want actual joggers that I can wear to dinner. I want button down shirts. Right. I want, I want thermals that I can wear as base yeah, that, layers. That's sick. Thank you. Wear, wear as base layers and wear in the gym, right? Right. Like, uh, and we all remember like Mark Wahlberg and like the in the in the the loose fitting thermal. So it's like this is our Mark Wahlberg thermal, right? Right. We have our heavyweight thermal that like I remember my dad wearing in the hunting cabin. Like I want to make all those things. They're right. not meant for the gym, and that's completely fine. But if I have the opportunity to take this line and do everything with it, so that like we can make, make the best running bag. We can make the best travel bags. We can make the best gym bag. Like we're going to do it. Right. So one thing that we've battled with for a while is we've, we haven't had the clearest brand image, right? So people are like, well, gym shark. Yeah. I wear that in the gym. It's literally the first half of the name. Right. So simple. And then for us, we have like the outdoor adventure people show up and they see Dana wearing a tank top and they're like, I think I'm on the wrong website. Like, I don't understand her yeah, or yeah, we have, sense. we have fitness people come in and they come there and then they see like me wearing a flannel and they're like, so I wear that in the gym. So it's a, it's a lot to process cause we're such a unique brand. Right. Right. And I think that's been the, the struggle over the last few years is like, what is our branding message? Because if we're going to make thermals, if we're going to make running packs, if we're going to make like, we're make, we make weird stuff. Like we're making limited edition hatchets for black Friday. Right. That's cool. And we're not only are we making hatchets, we're going out and making the best possible hatchets we can. Like we're not making money. We're selling them for a little over 200 bucks and we're breaking even really like do we're using the best wood. We're using like natural craftsmanship. Like we're trying to make the dopest acts we can. So like the handle itself is like $125 we're paying for a handle. Wow. But like, he's he the dude's a fucking artist right so like we're building out this axe and it's like we're gonna break even but it's because i want to i want to i want to show people what like something truly handmade wears now when you show up there and you're there to buy a fucking stringer tank and a shaker and you're like what are these two i don't understand Right. right so that's the one thing about our brand is like it's so eclectic that like there's so many different styles being forced into one that that's the biggest struggle with that. Right? right. And that's why I think these other brands, like I relate to Instagram pages, right? For sure. Like there's those Instagram pages where when you follow, you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So there's that girl that's like in a, in a, her butts in every photo. Right. And you're right. like, you follow her because you're like, yeah, I just want to look at a butt. <laughs> right. For sure. And then next thing you know, she posts something about like fucking the war in Ukraine. And you're like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. I just wanted to see your butt. Right. Like, I'm here for one reason. And I think that that's something that like I've always prided myself on is like, I'm going to catch you off guard for like, sure. You don't, I'm not going to post my butt every day, guys, you know? So like you, you're going to show up and I'm going to, yeah, no problem. Not. <laughs> well now like me posting my butt would be like a, that'd be the surprise. Right. But, uh, and that's like almost the same thing with the brand. Right. So it's, it's really, really hard to explain to people what it is. It's yeah. like, Oh, we're an outdoor action adventure streetwear influenced brand, uh, for people that don't give up out of Montana. It's like, wait, what are you? Like, right. It's too many fucking words. Well, I mean, it's interesting because like my, my expectation, I guess is, is I'm going to see everything. Like the, yeah. when I follow, yeah, like yeah. I, I'm, I follow obviously the, the Instagram and I'm like, my expectation is I just want to see the next cool thing I can yeah. wear. Yeah. Not like I'm a, I mean, I don't, 
I haven't been in the gym in a minute, but you know, I like gym outdoor, yeah. like the flannel. I saw the flannel, like all oh, the flannel sick. Like, Fuck yeah. like I'm just like, it, I just want to know the next thing I can wear. And I, I love the brand because I know that it's going to fit me right. Like oh, athletically. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So like, that's my expectation when I'm following you. It's Clear. not to, yeah. you know, see super high. I mean, you do have a lot of hot chicks and they're not going to lie, but like not to see these super hot chicks in these workout outfits. It's yeah. the next thing that I can wear. Like mm -hmm. when you drop these joggers, Oh boom, got them. Yeah. And then you drop shorts. Boom. Got them. Yeah. Like you golf pillow. Boom. Got I think that's the big thing that we try to do is we try to take, uh, the industry that we're entering. So like the flannel industry, right? We all right. know how flannels fit. They don't fit well. Right. They're like these big things that are like, well, I wear an XL, but it really fits like a five X, but that's just the style of this. Right. So like when we step into that, it's like, how do we taper this so that when you are in shape and you do do work, how does that translate outside the gym? Right. Right. And we try to do that with everything. I mean, joggers, like we, we realize that stretch matters so much. So, yeah. So like, as we're making those joggers, like, Hey, these need to be able to hold up to me cutting wood, me doing whatever outside me hiking. But then also like, it's weird to say I need to be able to squat in these. Now right. it's not meant to be squatted in, but we're realizing that the people that wear them have big quads, they're athletic and they squat down, they do things right. right. So it, it, it is this interesting, I believe that fitness it's not this specialized thing, right? The gym's not this magical thing that like, oh, what are you into? You're like, I'm into bodybuilding. It's like, everyone should be into fucking bodybuilding. Everyone should be into fitness. Everyone should understand how their body works. Right. So if we take that and apply it to everything else, it's like the one thing that's constant in anything we're ever going to make is fitness. Right. Because that's your foundation of everything. And if, if your foundation isn't there and you're a fat fuck and you're falling apart, like you're not gonna do anything else well. Right. Like you're not going to chop wood. Well, if you're, if you're, if you have no fitness background, you're not going to hike. Well, you're not going to do anything well. Right. You know? So I, we see fitness as like, that is the foundation for everything. And then everything designed off of it has that fitness influence. It fits the proper way and you know, yeah. and everything. No, I, I love it. What are some of the biggest struggles? Cause you just said 12 years. Yeah. Most people just see now. Yeah. They haven't seen 12 years ago. 12 years is rough, man. Cause like it's a completely different market. So one of the other reasons it worked is we were first to market as like a small indie brand in the fitness industry. I think we were the first, Really? like, I don't want to say like, Oh, we're the first, but I, I'm pretty sure we were the first. Right. Cause when I entered the market, I was like, Oh, there's nobody here. Maybe, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe we'll just give this a shot. And you know, we started a certain way with a certain fan base. Now our fan base has now grown, right? So a lot of those people don't go to the gym anymore. A lot of those people are outgrown the fitness industry or they had kids and they're just like calming down or they don't want big graph on t-shirts anymore. Um, but then the, the, I guess like the new people, right? The younger demo are going to other brands and there's new brands every single day and hot brands and right. fitness industry's rough, dude. Like, and I mean, with any brand, like the courses you enter, you blow the fuck up and then you sort of fade away and something else comes in. Right. So for us to be here for 12 years, maybe 12 going on 13, it's like a lot of work, man. Cause yeah. like you have to evolve. You have the old customer base, which is your normal customer base. You have to evolve. And then dude, same thing. Employees were in the middle of nowhere in Montana. It's right. hard to get people out there. It's hard to always stay at the cutting edge of creative. Um, it's hard to stay relevant. It's hard to keep an eye on learning the platforms. It's hard to deal with shipping. It just, it feels like everything's hard, right? You know? Um, so I, don't, I think the question was like, what, what's the most difficult part? Yeah. Um, it, for me, it's just, everything's hard. And I think that I'm up for every single challenge. I love it, dude. I love figuring out creative solutions to challenges. The one thing that I haven't been able to is staff, right? Right. Because I think that being that I'm creative, I focus so much on creative, right? So that's, that's it. My brother handles everything else. Great. Like, dude, it's like, the whole warehouse runs fantastic. And then the creative department's always just like a little bit weird <laughs> because we're all creative. And right. I, I, I like manage in a creative thing. So I manage with passion and I manage with all these different excitement and all these different things. And it's just really hard to keep that environment running properly. For sure. What is yeah. the biggest lessons you've learned as you've been able to grow out your team of people, especially yeah. in a, you know, not really like a, a I, market. I, I need separation from them. As far as like, I can't, dive deeper in that. I, so I know, yeah. I know what you mean, but I, yeah. I want you to, yeah. So like, I can't critique things. Right. Right. So like if, if my photographer, like the other day, um, 
my photographer shot this girl and he, and he, and he did an okay job. And I was like, fuck, I need to tell him like, I need to tell him how to get better. Right. So essentially we shoot a lot of girls with muscles. Right. Right. And, and oftentimes because, and I, I, all this stuff is common sense to me, but most people don't realize it. Right. So when you're shooting someone with muscles, you get really fucking excited that their shoulders striated. And of course, like the more light you skip across a striated shoulder, the better it looks, right? Right. Just like you're shooting an ass, you're like, oh, the more that there's a highlight, like it's all like shapes and shadows, and like you get really excited, like, oh, this is sexy, this is really dope, or look how jack shoulders are, or how deep your ab cuts are. And a lot of times photographers or video people or whatever can't see the full photo. Like they can't see the full environment and they forget that, hey man. These muscles, like Dana, for example, these muscles make Dana look more masculine. And if you're getting harsh shadows on her fucking shoulder, it means you're hitting harsh shadows on her fucking face. Right. So like there has to be this really weird thing that you don't do anywhere else, which is we need to make sure that body, all the lights hitting it right to look fucking beautiful. But then we also need to almost blow out the face to like soften the face up to balance out the body. And I think a lot of people can't handle thinking of like multiple things like that at once. Right. Right. Cause you get so hung up on like, look how dope that looks, but the full uh, scenery or imagery of it all doesn't flow. Right. So I need to go tell that to him. Right. I'm a little rough around the edges. Right. So I'm going to word it weird. I'm going to get hype. I'm going to get really passionate and I'm probably not going to speak the same language as him. Right. Right. So my delivery might be poor. I might inspire him. I almost must might like bum him out. He might not understand what I'm saying. And I think that like what I need is I need a bridge between me and those people right? so that I can be passionate and work through that with someone that understands my language, but then can translate it to, to people that don't think the same as me. Right. Right. So that's the, my, that's the biggest thing I've learned is I'm not always the one to speak to people. I need, I need a bridge. Right. Um, I hired a coach once and she told me that I speak Klingon and everybody else speaks something else. It was some kind of reference to Star Trek or Star Wars. Um, and you know, you know, a Klingon I'm, I mean, I've seen Star Trek. So Star Trek, there was a language called Klingon, whatever. Right. So it's like, I'm speaking uh, Spanish, but they know it in French. If I just go there in Spanish and try to speak French, it's not going to work. So essentially I need to speak to this guy or this woman in this language. She translates it to them and then everyone's happy. Especially I forget how respected I am, right? Like I'm a normal fucking dude. I'm a normal fucking dude. I do everything, but you forget that like to a creative person, I'm something really special. Like I'm living their dream. I'm a multi fucking millionaire. I'm singing. I'm on the road. I'm doing appearances. So I'm like a pretty big deal, right? The fact that I don't see myself as that when I roll in and I critique my critiques that much more heavy, right? Right. It's that much more. I also don't pat people on the back because my fucking dad taught me nothing's ever good enough. So like, right. I just want to get better. So like, I have all these characteristics that like, I've just realized that, Hey man, until you figure this shit out, it has to pass through somebody else. Right. So that it's palatable to these people. For sure. Well, that, that that's huge for someone to be able to, to know that and, and yeah. be aware of that because you know, yeah, they, a lot gets lost in translation. Yeah. You know, when you're talking yeah. to someone, that's they can the best it the wrong way. And I it's like cling on, you yeah, just no, said lost in translation. Yeah. No, no, no. And uh, you know, there's a lot of like, even in text message, it's a, it's a, you know, yeah. your, your tone, your, your what you're meaning and the, the, how they're receiving yeah. and the tone is completely different. You know, yeah. me and me and my wife talk about that all the time. Um, one thing I do want to touch on real quick. Um, you know, I, I've known you for, I don't know how long, for a while. And I know that you have like a really big heart for helping people. Yeah. And I know you have clear, calculated and vicious. And now you're, you know, I would say co-founder of vertical union. Yeah. Um, let's dive into that. Cause I know that those are two different groups and like, you're kind of creating, yeah. you know, you, you've, yeah. you, you explain it, but um, yeah, let's go into that because I yeah, know that so, that's, that's a passion of yours right yeah. now is helping people. Yeah. I never wanted to be a coach. I thought it was silly. I thought it was stupid. Um, and then Sean Whalen called me up and was like, you have to start coaching, bro. You've, you've moved too many millions of dollars. You've made too many mistakes, like, and your life's too fucking cool. And the trio of that makes you an amazing coach. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll try. So I started giving out that information and realized that like, I do know a lot. Like I've been through a lot. I'm 40 now or 39, right? I have touched millions of dollars. I've lost millions of dollars. I've created multiple brands. I've created people to change. Like I've changed direction to so many different things learned so many lessons. So I started the coaching group and like instantly the value was just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Like helping people. And I think in in today's environment, it's so confusing. 
right? They're confusing people of, I mean, food, what food you should eat. The average person has no clue what's right. healthy and what's not healthy. When you, when you go to the store and you pick up a fucking three musketeers bar, it says like high protein on it. Yeah. That's it's crazy. Like, it's like three and a half grams of protein. I'm like, that's not high protein. People will pick that up because it says low fat, high protein, right? Like, what the fuck are you doing? But that marketing is confusing us, right? For sure. Not understanding taxes, not understanding how to build a business, what an LLC versus an S corp versus any of these things look like, right? And now they're starting to confuse people about their gender and then your role of what you can speak up with. And then right. what is climate change? What isn't climate change? Who should you be voting for? What the media said, dude. So there's that confusion. Then there's the confusion where it's like you watch everyone on social media and everyone's winning. Everyone's winning. Right. I have the greatest relationship in the world, right? I have, I'm making millions of dollars on crypto. I'm investing in AMC and just fucking crushing it. Like right. uh, I have a Lambo and like, it's this like fake world. So the average person from all sides, like you're confused over here. You don't know why nothing in the world makes sense. Right. Right. You're, you're confused over here because ahead of you, you're like, there's so many options to make money, but why can't I make it work? So being stuck in between all these things, you need a fucking coach, right? Right. You need a fucking coach. And I think about it and I'm like, I had football coaches. I had basketball coaches. I had running coaches for track. I had teachers that have taught me everything. Like even when I, I need to understand taxes, I go to a CPA right. and he helps me through things because I don't fucking understand. Right. And there's a lot of people that sit in this pocket and just don't really understand life right now. Like this, it, it doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm not happy and I don't know what I want. And then you look and you're like, well, it's cause maybe I need a Lambo. Right. Right. So instead of entering the coaching space where I'm like, I'm going to make you a millionaire. I'm going to make, I'm going to get you a Lambo. I'm going to teach you how to invest in crypto. I go and I'm like, what do you really want? Let's work through that. Right. Like, what is your dream? Like, do you want to be a business owner or do you just want to spend more time with your fucking kids? Right. Because if you want to spend more time with your fucking kids and you think financial freedom from being a business owner, you are wrong. Right. Get a job where you work four days a week, a skill set where you work four days a week and you work from home. Guess what? Boom. You see your kids more. That was your fucking dream. Right. Right. Like maybe you like fitness, but you don't want to be in the fitness industry. Like you need to learn how to separate that. So essentially I, I'm looking at that lost person that knows they want to be better, but needs a little direction. Right. And it's, and dude, there's people that make fucking $12 an hour in my group there. And there's people that make way more fucking money than me, really way more money than me. There's some people in my group that I'm like, you are so successful. Why are you here? And they're like, dude, I just love your perspective. Right. And wow. then I look at myself and it's like, dude, I'm part of, I'm part of limitless society. I'm part of lion's den. Um, I have a fitness coach. I have a spiritual coach. I'm looking for a good business coach to hire. Like I don't hesitate signing up to these things. Right. Cause I need one. There was one, like our, our event Friday night, Ed Milet came, right? right. I listened to everyone speak and I got, I got something from everybody. And Ed said one sentence that is changing the rest of my life forever. Right. Right. Like that's all I need is one sentence. So like if I read a book, I'm just ripping through the book. I'm not, this page isn't going to help. This page isn't going to help, but they're going to say one sentence in there. That's going to change the direction of my fucking life. Right. Right. And that's what, that's what I want to give to that person. Like a little direction, help you through some stuff. Let's work together. And like, hopefully I say one sentence that changes this week or one sentence that changes your life. No, it's powerful, right? man. Like I, I think mentors and coaches are so important. And if you, people ask me all the time, like, is it worth it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Get around people. Like, you know, like this event was last weekend, like Ed yeah. Milet, Andy Frisella, Sean Whalen, Dan Fleishman, Travis bought, like who else was, I mean, every, Hannah, Eden, everybody was like, there, dude. yeah, everybody was there. I mean, I mean, it was the most insane, mm -hmm. like group of people. I, I think it was think one that, of the best events I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was, it's I don't crazy. Think, it was our first event and we put it together in a month and a half, but that's because of these relationships that Keaton and I have built up forever. Right. And that's why like, I think people lose track with that scarcity mindset. So like I built my group and when Keaton was like, I think I'm going to start a coaching group. I was like, cool, man, I'll tell you everything about mine. Sean said the same thing to me. He's like, copy mine. He's like, if you have any questions, reach out. Fucking Ryan Stuman, hardcore closer. I spoke at his event. He's like, whatever you need, I'll tell you my whole formula, right? We're all like just competitors. And then when Keaton and I talked, I was like, bro, what if we teamed up and threw an event like between my skill set and your skill set, we could probably throw the best event right. ever. I think I was sitting with you guys when you guys were talking yeah. about that. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Keaton's house. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that- That's I crazy that all of that conversation- Dude, it was a fucking minute, right? Yeah. 
And we're saying this, it's just like these little minutes that change fucking like we had that little conversation that then we said, okay, let's do it. We pulled every single resource that we have. We put together an event and like, think of the people that showed up there and now they're dispersing back in the world to lead example for their kids, their wives, their coworkers, people that watch them. Like, dude, we just, if we were a fucking, a, 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 a disease, like a positive just, disease, oh, yeah. we just created the biggest fucking positive disease outbreak that we possibly could. Yeah. Right. Like we stomped our foot and made a fucking impact that fucking spiders across the United right. States, across the fucking world. Yeah. Great. And you can totally see that because of everybody. I mean, yes. until midnight last night, everybody's like, no, we don't want to leave. No, we don't yeah. want to leave. And we're like, yeah, yeah. you guys. And dude, the reason we were able go. to do that is because we did that together. Yeah. Right. And I think that seeing a lot of other people throw events, what they do is they throw the event and it's like, this is my event. I'm king. Hey, can you come speak at my event? And you ask some favors and people to come together. Right. But I think the magic from this is like, Keaton and I were like, no, let's partner on this. Like, and it made us, it made us so much stronger rather than him just having an event. I support him. And then I have an event and he supports me Right, like teaming up, but then still being essentially, I mean, I guess you could call us competitors with CCV and limitless. Right. But like that, that sort of like collab that we threw that event, dude, like it's going to fucking like change lives. And I think that's what America needs right now. right? Right. Like when I said this person right here has confusion, that's what they're trying to do. Right. And I think people are looking for like the light. What Sean always says, like be the light so bright yeah. that no one can help but see it. And like, I think that people need that and yeah. people want that. Like this whole, I mean, even Sean's whole shit that happened with FTC and all that crazy stuff, like and people started seeing his social and they're like, man, I need this following went up, sales yeah. went up, everything went yeah. up because he is a light that shines whether good and bad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't as matter. long as you're the light, they'll come to you. Exactly. Yeah. And like, it's, it, people like yes i mean there was tears i remember like we were walking out with uh me and bradley were walking out going to the car and a dude came up to him and just started bawling and i'm like it was kind of like like what's going yeah. like is this kind of like dude just ball and it's incredible to see this, what's going on with like that event yeah. is just yeah. like you're you're right like I'm, I'm almost speechless because there's so much we could talk for an hour about the event and what yeah. it means but but uh, thank you to keaton and keaton sitting over here if any, you know people can't see that but keaton sitting right next to you um, to thank you both for putting that on because yeah, that was the most unique experience and most unique, you know, event I think in the, in the and, world. And that's what we wanted to put together because yeah. I find myself in that situation all the time, right? Like even when we came up with the idea and you were sitting there, what were we doing? We were sitting around hanging out, like, you know, just being like, it wasn't a business meeting. No. It wasn't even meant to happen. Right. And like, uh, same thing I got, I was every single time we come up with one of those ideas, it's like sitting around smoking a cigar, drinking a little thing of whiskey, like after something. And we're just like decompressing. We're super relaxed and we're just all dreaming together. Right. Right. And then you go somewhere. It's like you sit on, you sit on the ground, you look up at a stage and someone talks at you about how you should be better and believe in yourself and you can do anything. And they get off the stage. You're like, all right, so I can believe in myself, be better. And I can do anything. That dude's different than me because that dude was up on a fucking stage. Right. Let's take the stage away. Right. Let's take all that, that, that take the microphone away. Right. Like we didn't have microphones on Friday. No Friday. We sat on his couch that he takes naps on in the afternoon. Right. I, I've it, actually his, slept a night on that. Yeah, couch. So I'm it's an awesome <laughs> couch. And that yeah. is his kids play on. Right? right. And we sat there and we had Ed Milet tell us what the fucking deal is. Right. We had Andy Frisellas tell us what the deal is. We had Sean Whalen in the audience paying attention. We had me paying right. attention. To the we had Brad Lee out there like, and we, dude, it was a quick little half an hour. And then we hung out all night. Yeah. And it felt like, oh, this night should never end. Like no, right. no one wanted it to end. Dude, I didn't. I mean, I, I was probably one of the last ones. I, I didn't I ex- want to end. So I expected the speakers to be like, cool, man, I'm going to get out of here. I've yeah, had enough. Me too. And yeah. it wasn't that dude. dude. And Andy stayed forever and we, he never stays. No. And Ed was like, guys, I want to save. I got to, you know, I'm yeah. leaving at 6 a.m. Yeah. I got to go. He still stayed. Yeah. I mean, if he For, was leaving at 6 a.m., he stayed way longer than he, he had Way to. longer. Yeah. And even Dan, Dan usually pops in and out. Exactly. Dan was there all night long. Exactly, dude. So it was, it was a really, really cool environment. And uh, that's exactly what we wanted to create, right? Hell that yeah. magic that we feel on those late nights, like after the event, when you're all just hanging out, like recapping the event or whatever you're doing, we wanted to recreate that for people. Right. And I think that like, I, I think we, we did something and I'm, it happened yesterday. Right. Right. I'm still trying to process how big it is. And I still don't have a complete grasp on what we just did, it's but it's huge. fucking huge, dude. And yeah. I think vertical union, like, 
uh, by the end of today, we'll probably have four more dates on the books. We'll have them out there. But like we're even going over possibilities last night was right. like, we're on to something that's like, yeah, like we so were talking about that some I can't. Potential yeah, 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 right? I was just like, man, this, like, like I was like, well, I asked you, I was huge. like, I was like, Hey, would you come back to another one? You're like, well, if it was in Utah, I was like, what if the speaker was this? And you're like, oh, I would fly anywhere for that. Yeah. And it's like, that's what, that's the big conversations we're having now is like, okay, cool. What's bigger than this. And how do we make it fucking dope right. where you can't ignore it. Right. And that's what we're going to do. Cause man. the impact, right? Like that's it, what we're going to do. Someone, yeah. like, it's an impactful yep. event that, I mean, I, I was meeting people from back east mm-hmm. to, I mean, every state. I mean, it was crazy. I was yeah. like, man, like this is like, in, like how you're saying, like a spreading the disease across the US. This yeah. was impactful yeah. across the entire United States. And bro, the insane. only reason it wasn't international is because we announced it four weeks ago. Right. But like, in four weeks to put an event together like that, bro, I was with told Andy Ed, like, oh, like I was told you can't do that. Well, Everyone we were said, talking like, about it. I was like, you can't turn an event in four weeks. And I was like, oh, Keaton, I can do anything. Right. But dude, we give six months. We'll have international people. We'll have everybody. Oh yeah, like without. Well, when we doubt. were talking about it that one night, I think it was after Keaton's uh, Limitless yeah. event up at his house. We were talking about, or you guys, we were all talking about doing this. Never in my wildest dreams that I think it was going to be in like a month yeah, or man. two months from now. Why that. wait like, longer, bro? Yeah, I was. Why I was wait. thinking, hey, this is going to be probably six months, maybe next year. Yeah, you know, I was. I mean, I guess that's from that's one of the that. reasons uh, Keaton's my best friend, right? Like he, he, he makes shit happen. He's the kind of dude who buys a helicopter but doesn't know how to fly it. Right. He's like, well, I'll figure it out when I get the helicopter. I'm like, bro, that's not the way it works. You're supposed to get your helicopter license and then buy a helicopter. He's like, nah. Right. It's just like, fuck yeah, dude. It's a great and lawn I, ornament. And, and <laughs> it, it's cool to be around people like that, right? right? And that's why Vertical Union is going to work is because we're creating environments with people that you can network with that make you feel like that, right? right. That are like, wait, wait, wait. I don't have to do that first. Like, there are no fucking rules to this. Like, I can take action now. Uh, to, everyone's telling us we can. We need to take six months to plan an event. It's like no, we can do it in four. Right. And if we can do it in four, we can do it in two days. Maybe. Right. If we're in the right area and we throw a pop up, maybe it'll work. If if we build up enough street cred where people know, right? right? We can also do six months. But realizing that like all the formulas and all the resistance and everything is out there that you think's holding you back isn't fucking real. Right. Right. Like you can sure. land a helicopter in your front yard. Right. I know because my friend does it. Right. Right. Anything is like possible. You can build out a man cave in your airplane hangar. Like you can build, you can move your whole family to Montana. Like it all, what does it take? It takes fucking effort and it takes creativity to make money. Right. And then once you make money, you can do it. And the more fucking resources, the more money you have, the more networking skills you have, the more you can do and everything. Right. It just all starts with that fucking effort. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's all we want to share with people, man, is like you put the effort in, you build the fucking resources consistent over time. And eventually, like you can do whatever you want. Dude, I, hell yeah. I love that. I'm not even going to elaborate on that because this is truth. Go back and listen to that. If you're listening again, one thing I want to do, we, damn, we are cruising on this thing. One thing I want to, the last thing I want to ask is we get, we got to wrap this up. It's going to be all day. Dude, there's so much more. I, can, I need to go take a nap, bro. Dude, I know is <laughs> the energy drink I just gave you. Is, yeah, no, just, it didn't work. Crush, no, it didn't work. I don't think we so. have a lot of energy. I'm sure. Do I really? I'll oh, do a ton of energy. It's because I ate sills. This I morning. feel like you're I gonna fucking roll over this and in like like just want to like roll attack like you're just some freaking yeah, beast. I'm right in now. go mode. Yeah, bro. let's do it. Yeah. Last thing I want to ask you: um, success is what to you? How do you define freedom? Success, freedom. Yeah, I think that like I've I've defined freedom recently a lot different, right? And success to me is being able to provide and. I found out a little while ago. So Alex Hermosi asked me, "What is freedom to you?" And I was like, well, freedom is doing whatever I can want. And I had this really sloppy answer for freedom, right? And Alex was like, bro, freedom's options. And I was like, what? It took me a second. And he was like, if you walk into a meeting and you have to make that deal, are you free? Or are you at the mercy of whatever wow. they want to say? And I was like, fuck. And he's like, but if you don't need the deal and you can walk in there and turn it down because you don't give a fuck, is that freedom? And I was like, yeah. Holy shit. He's like, if, if you're going out to dinner tonight and you can go anywhere you want, that's freedom, right? Cause you have every option. And I was like, holy shit. That's what freedom is, is options. And the more options they take away from you, the less freedom you have. It's like, okay, so cool. So freedom is options, right? It's not this right. silly. Like I want to fly an American flag or a fuck Joe Biden thing behind my truck. Like that's like silly freedom, right? Or, you know, whatever, but freedom is the option, the fucking option, right? So I'm thinking about that, right? And I'm like, so what is success? Well, success would be having as many options as possible. Right. Now let's expand on that. Me and everyone in my universe. 
So like if I can give my brother as many options as possible. So if my brother needs for if my, if my brother need, wants to do a big project to open up his success and open up his options and he needs $400,000 or $500,000, if I can make that and I can just slide that to him and I can be okay, I've just created I have success for myself. I've given myself options and I've provided options to him. Right. So like I think success to me is is my freedom, but then also in my freedom is is being able to create and cultivate as much freedom for the people around me as possible. Right. So like to me, that's what it is, is it, it, being able to protect and be able to, to to expand this freedom. Right. Now, I obviously can't do it for everybody. Like I can't give random do on the internet, but what I can do is I can upload and I can educate and I can I can inspire. I can do all these other things. So where I can give my brother money, I can give that other person as much as I can through the internet, right? And that's like why I'm still on social media. If it wasn't for that, I'd be fucking out. Right. No, I love that, man. Thanks, man. Rob, yeah. thank you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having, having me. Yeah, and this is a long time coming. I appreciate you making the time. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, man. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs>